I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is read all over your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Oh my God. We're back. I'm excited. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly very excited. Uh, Yeah. So, hi, redheads. Hey. It's been a minute been a sec yeah i was seriously molly before you got here to record i was like getting all the podcasting equipment out of my drawer like oh i don't know a martha that used to be a doctor (laughs) no and it really felt like that too and i was like where the hell where's you know i'm putting the the mic cord around my neck like a stethoscope (laughs) (laughs) like beautiful sad music is playing this is legitimately this is the longest i've gone without podcasting since 2012 wow yeah so whenever we recorded our last episode wow yeah that's great well we're back we're back uh, season been, three yeah of the handmaid's tale that's right a uh, little caveat and tour before mm. we get started so we're recording this a couple weeks ahead almost a month ahead of the actual premiere yeah gang big ups to lauren and kelly at hulu hq oh my god y'all hooked us up but good to the amount that it is fucking Easter Sunday and we have seen the premiere of The Handmaid's Tale. Praise be his mercy. Praise be Lauren Kelly over at Hulu. Y'all the real ones, okay? We love you too. We love you very much. I was literally, right before we started, I was like, we gotta shout out Lauren and Kelly. We gotta give it up. They're the best. Me. Also, props to Hulu. Like yes. when we first started getting screeners from Hulu, they had like two original shows. Yeah, they had Harlots, which is yeah. great. And they had like the the path was that the one with Jesse from oh, Breaking yeah. Bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have hell of shows now. Shrill is great. So amazing. Ten fifteen is great. I can't wait for season two of Shrill. Yeah, because I felt like season one had a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens when they just like open her up and see what she can do. It was very weird to watch with my man master Mitch because he is like genuinely a very nice boy, and I think he just like didn't know that fuck boys were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we were watching with it and he'd be like lol people don't really treat each other the same oh. like yes yes this is a real oh, thing no. so thanks shrill for teaching my boyfriend that fuck boys exist i guess <gasps> he minor, went to art school he should know minor spoiler for shrill i did mm. not need half of an episode where that fuck boy did shrooms with a dog i loved it I hated that so much. Anyway. Like, you show me that at the expense of, like, oh, here's Fran on set, like, doing some, you know, music person's makeup. Anyway. That's a good point. point. This is not a shrill podcast. (laughs) Much to your guys' chagrin. Very much to your chagrin. (laughs) Sorry, gang. The Handmaid's Tale podcast. Before we dive into our recap, we've got a couple shout outs. Yeah, so uh, we are going to, I'm going to start with our Venmo shout outs. We have an account at Venmo.com slash read all over where you can donate uh, some minitas that helps take care of the expenses of recording this podcast. Crackies, snackies. Such as, do you want to say what we spent our last Venmo money on? Oh my God, duh. Please. Okay, so we went out to dinner because we knew we were going to be recording this podcast and we like to clear the pipes. Because when we haven't seen each other for a while, Ooh, yeah. it turns into like 45 minutes of y'all hearing us be like, oh my God, what did you do last weekend? Yeah. So we went to this great restaurant in San Francisco called Kin Cow, mm-hmm. which is awesome. It's this amazing Thai restaurant, has a Michelin star and Delicious. BD. I go there to meet Molly. 
And I'm just like, I just get there. <sighs> I thought Molly was going to beat me there. So I was feeling a little discombobulated. And then I see this guy come by. And I'm like, wow, that guy looks like Anthony Rapp of Rent and Six Degrees of Separation and Star Trek Discovery fame. And then I like looked again. He was with a, a man person. And Anthony Rapp is gay. So I was like, okay. And then like, I got like, it was like the third time. I was like, fuck that is for sure him so i'm texting molly and i'm like i shit you not anthony rap is here i was seated like three feet away from his butt my favorite vantage point Mm -hmm. for any celebrity i ran i fully ran ran a block (laughs) i'm not shitting you i ran anyway so molly got there we got seated we for sure were being like extra fun Mm -hmm. like we were seated, like, facing away from him. I think our fantasy was that he would be like, who is that bewitching group at the <laughs> bar? I must become lifelong friends with them. D- Spoiler alert. This is not what happened. Very close, though. Very close. So after... I missed this completely. So oh you my God. played this really well. Because, May I like, please tell this part yeah, of the story? Yeah, you tell this part of the story. Okay, so King Cow is in a hotel, and so it doesn't have its own bathroom, so you have to use the hotel bathroom, meaning you have to get a key or whatever so i saw anthony rap leave the restaurant heading bathroom warden i always need to pee anyway so i was like oh cool can we go to the bathroom too you might want to get that checked yeah <laughs> nah, nah, it's fine uh, <laughs> i just have a, a bag so we are walking in the direction and he is off a little ways in front of us and kelly goes like as loud as i've ever I heard someone know that he had she lived. goes ah man it's too bad we're not friends with anthony rap and i like elbow her in the ribs I'm like, i was not that loud you were just fucking weird yeah. so i was like stop he's right there he's right there she's like oh fuck so i go to the bathroom i like wash my hands super well just in case and as i'm walking out of the bathroom this was such a moment did you know that he was behind you behind me yeah no 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 i didn't so there is like a divider between like right outside the bathrooms and the rest of the hotel and kelly was standing on one side of this divider literally on the exact other side of her was anthony rap playing with his phone and waiting for his friend to get out of the bathroom so kelly is chatting with me i'm quoting billy madison and i'm trying i'm, to I'm like, trying to pull gum out of my backpack and i'm like do you have I'm any like more standing gum? there on the on the rap side trying to like screw my courage to the sticking place and she's like anyway you ready to go and i'm like yeah one sec and i dip back i was like hey sir excuse me i'm sorry to bother you hey i am a ginormous rent fan and i think you're doing excellent on discovery i really love you thanks for everything you do and he's like oh thank you palest man i've ever seen in my life so pale oh yeah thanks so much he was like all right bye yeah ran out he ran away (laughs) so anyway if you're a broadway nerd that was a huge moment for us well and and molly brought this up it was just like it was the perfect pair of people for this to happen to yeah it would have been so sad if it had been me having dinner with a friend who was like who the fuck is that i'd be like get out of my life i'd have been furious so anyway your venmo contributions help us uh every now and then expense a meal where we meet broadway royalty uh any whoozle thank you to people have donated to our venmo thank you to lauren dillard the dilliard player love you uh jennifer rodriguez j-rod can i call you j-rod i think you're excellent erica b buzz buzz erica i think you're cool as hell Rachel Kenneth. Kenneth. That's the road my grandma lives on. Are you my grandma? I don't think so. Uh, Jessica Lovering. I'm lovering your contribution to this podcast. This is not the first time you've donated, and I appreciate that. Mackenzie Haynes. Look who we got our Haynes on now. Thanks, Mackenzie. Cece Denno. Cece, have you drank enough water today? Girl, I think you need some. 
All right. I love you. Have a good one. Savannah Dollins, always checking up on us. Savannah Dollins, and I appreciate you as a fan. Miranda Hester, another not first time donator. Hester, Miranda, I just love you. We've got a a fan who wanted to be anonymous, uh, but they said they found us via Alias Grace. So thank you to Mary Whitney and your ghost. Crystal Nanavati, Nanavati, always donate, and we appreciate that. It's crystal clear that you're a great fan. Alex Nunn, thank you so much for donating. We appreciate you, Alex. You're excellent. And one more shout out. A long time ago, Heather Hutchinson and her boyfriend donated to a uh, charity that supports trans people in Scotland. Because if you are out of the country, sometimes you can't donate to Venmo. So we ask you to give a donation in our name. So shout out to Heather Hutchinson and boyfriend. And that is all the shout outs for right now. Thank you, guys. We love Venmo. you. Venmo. Shall we get into this recap? Let's get into it. Okay. So this is Handmaid's Tale Season 3, Episode 1, called Night. Uh-huh. After our favorite numerous Several sections in the book. of the book, yeah. <laughs> so we open with sort of like a pretty uh, standard Handmaid's Tale, like, LOL Bible speech, but with profanity. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's about like, this is not the place with still waters and green pastures. This is motherfucking Gilead. It's not verbatim, but it is. This is the valley that. of death. That's right. It's so and there's a fuck ton oh, of people to fear or something like that. <sighs> cool. <laughs> that was a scary part. She's just walking along the road being like, okay, I guess. I'm starting this life now. I did enjoy when she says, you know, to Nicole, I'm sorry, baby girl. Mom's got work. I did like that. I say Um, that every time I leave the house. Spoiler alert. Mom, bad at her job. Very bad at her job. Very bad at her job. Everybody's mad at mom. Yeah. Mom, you might have wanted to go to Canada and start over. Like, well, okay. So just at a high level, what did you think of the episode? I liked it but it's tricky because you know once again like there's like no consequences for anything in Gilead I feel like Gilead has lost a little bit of that fear for me that it had but it's the valley of death right in the first season everything seemed very vital and very dire just like it seems in the book Mm -hmm. second season they're getting away with shit left right and center so it's just like why am I afraid I was more afraid, honestly, for Serena in this episode than I was. For you were like Alfred. terrified. I was terrified. I was not worried at all. Look, I know she. Survives. I went into this episode like this might as well have been an episode of Friends. Like <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is the one where there's no consequences for <laughs> anyone's actions. So if it's a scale of like one to five, I give this episode like a three and a half. Wow, I would give it a two. Wow. I'm feeling, I don't know, this has been like a weird month because Game of Thrones just Mm -hmm. came back and I feel like to me, the ideal season opener for anything is like halfway between what Game of Thrones did and what Handmaid's Tale did here because I felt like so much of the premiere of the final season of Game of Thrones was like catching everybody up. Yeah. Whereas this, there was almost no catching up of anyone. Um, if you didn't watch the previously on, you fucked. And so I appreciated that it was like trying to move the plot forward, but like also it didn't move the plot forward at all. I don't know. I just, I always feel like the premiere, unless it's like the series premiere and they're really like getting everything set up. I, I almost never like the first episode. Although yeah. I guess I like the 
first episode of season two. Yeah. Because just, that had that amazing Kate Bush montage. Yeah. It also had, that was scary. The first, yeah. The, first, the lack of yeah. Aunt Lydia actually, I think is a big ding in this episode because well, I think so much of the fear of Gilead that we have comes from Aunt Lydia and knowing like, Aunt Lydia's not going to let you get away with this bullshit. Like the fact that she hasn't like taken Commander Waterford out behind the shed and like switched his bottom. Cause this fucking guy, like as this bad as June is guy. at her job, Commander <laughs> Waterford is significantly worse than his. He is so bad. We, we'll have to get to yeah. that. But anyway, um, so it was whatever. I wrote, I love the music video opener because the beginning of this episode was shot like a music video. It was so annoying. I thought it was going to be like a 90s like club, you know? Oh, yeah. Like very like Julia Styles and 10 <laughs> Things I Hate About You. <laughs> yeah, and when is Julia Styles going to be on this show? I love her. Oh, man. She'd be so good. You want to know an underrated rom-com? Absolutely. Fucking Prince and Me with Julia Stiles. For real? Very good. Who plays a prince? Um, I don't know, but he's very handsome. Okay, cool. And I've never seen him in a movie ever again. <laughs> you hired. You hired. <laughs> he's like real cute. And when I was like a real horny like high school student, there was a part where he was holding her hand and I was just like, <laughs> trust me, if y'all seen the Prince and Me, you know what part I'm talking mm. about. Anyway, um, <laughs> the third note I wrote <laughs> in my notebook is I hate this fucking show. <laughs> I think it is because I was just like primed to be so stressed out and it is kind of a stressful beginning and I'm like, fuck, I'm ready to get brutalized by this show. She said brutalized and then we did not get brutalized, but I did get a chance to sing, y'all are brutalizing me. So not a complete wash. No, yeah. Okay, so June is monologuing to herself while she's sort of aimlessly walking down the road. We see headlights. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, who's this? I thought be nick for some reason but then it was like oh it's whitford whitford watch was very short this season <laughs> <laughs> um, well they knew we couldn't handle another long wait i love how so many characters in this episode are an audience analog because so many people come up, up to her and are like what the hell dude no, and actually this is great too because i just watched sorry a lot of shows are coming back right now yeah. i just watched the season two premiere of barry like they had a similar situation where like at the end of their season, a thing happened and they were just like, oh, well, let's have all these characters be like, what happened? And like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, so I did appreciate that about this episode. Right. That at least, you know, all of these other characters were like, bitch, what? you were supposed to go to Canada. It's so dumb, especially because so much of this episode, like, ties up in a bow that like, hey, you should leave Hannah alone. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay. So it's just like, why? Why? Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. When am I going to see Hannah again? Yeah, nightmares, uh, lasting trauma. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Where's my kid? <laughs> Come on. So Whitford gets out of the car, not listening to Annie Lennox that we can tell. <laughs> He's like, hey, dumbass. Yeah. You were supposed to go to Canada. And she's like, yeah, my other daughter's here. I can't. And I did like this exchange where he's like, can't? And she's like, I won't go. Mm. And he's like, all right. And he calls her Spunky. Mm -hmm. It's like, ooh, Whitford and Spunky Brewster. Ugh. Teaming up. So she gets in the car. She negotiates with him. I always love a good negotiation scene. Yeah. She's like, okay, do you know Commander McKenzie? He has a daughter named Agnes. I'm not leaving without Agnes. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, you dizzy bitch. Get in the car. Well, no. Don't you remember what happened before that? No, I don't. He's like, 
A, I'm not an Uber. This is dumb. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. We're going to catch the van. And she goes, really? Because I'll put you on the fucking oh, yeah. wall. So she threatens him. Yeah. Well, I was saying. Yeah, that's like, what the negotiation is, Molly. Yes, honey. I know. It's but you threat. skipped over that part. Molly, that's I skipped important. over it because I knew that nothing bad will happen to any oh. of these people. All right. Fine. Nothing bad ever happens in Gilead. So she goes in the car with them. And that's the end of that scene. The next scene takes place in Casa de Waterford. Nick had told uh, Shakespeare in Love to sit in the back bedroom. I forgot it. I blacked out and forgot his name for a second. He told the commander. Nope, it's done. They told him to wait in the room because it's like not safe which is so like i cannot believe commander waterford is not like there's something shifty about this nick guy (laughs) no the whole episode he's like nick i still trust you yeah 140 percent like you are the you're the only one man it's this bonkers bitches am i right (laughs) even them he trusts way too much so (laughs) joseph finds is like oh let serena come in surely she's allowed to come in and instead of doing what I assumed she would do and just lie, she's like, LOL, we need to get let Elizabeth Moss have time to escape. Uh, we're not going to call 911 yet. Just kidding. I helped them escape. Ha <laughs> ha. You know what? <laughs> I honestly love that like 911 is what survived into Gilead. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like they were in there like framing Gilead and they were like, well, what if we made it like a more like biblically significant number, you know, like 777? They're like, no, no, no. What about Emergency 911, the TV show? What about that show with the guy from oh, Six you're Feet right. Under? Well, you're we, right. can't. It's, we can't. It's a cultural touchstone that transcends religious belief. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to get rid of the internet, but we'll keep 911 and chilies. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, you guys. Call me a chariot. Let's go. <laughs> Hashtag delete chariot. Hashtag delete chariot. We did it, by the way. Have we talked about that on this? What? The actual rideshare service chariots went bankrupt. Okay. And so I am claiming full responsibility. If you're just joining us a long time ago, we decided that because everything gets a biblical name in Gilead except for 911, LOL, um, we decided that the name for a rideshare would be chariots, and then the counter campaign against said rideshare would be delete chariots. Then in the real world, a rideshare service called chariots came up and it died. <laughs> you're up to date on our we silliness. We take full credit for this. So praise be his mercy. One other thing I want to mention about this scene is I feel like if you have a premiere of The Handmaid's Tale, which we do without someone sitting in that goddamn window, did you even have a premiere? (laughs) And the answer is no, because season one, it was June. Season two, it was Serena. And season three, we have that shot of uh, Commander Shakespeare in Love. Sitting in the window. With so a, a nice reminder of the time that June wasted 15 minutes of her escape time to write Nolite Te Bastardes Carborundorum on her bedroom wall. Lord. So that was a great parallel scene I noticed. Um, the next scene is inside the Mackenzie's house. And the note that I wrote is, the silent crying in this show will be the death of me. <laughs> It, just, it is so much sadder to me like when they're crying and no sound is coming out than if they're like Ugh. uh so june sneaks past their very permissive martha <laughs> yeah because it's the martha who took oh, hannah to the summer house right and she's like bitch 
Oh, I was wondering how they knew that. I okay. fucking told you. Yeah, come on. Give it a rest. Yeah. So she goes up to Hagnes's room. <laughs> I forgot about Hagnes. <laughs> so, oh, such a horrible name for such a pretty girl. And she like is silent crying and be like, I love you. I'll never leave you. And then because she can hear the police coming, I guess Whitford just dropped her and left and was like, please give me five stars. I'll see you later. Like, honestly, would you fucking hang out with this dummy? Well, I just don't know what her plan was. Um, Gilead, no plan, no consequences. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So she decides, I guess she figures out in that moment that they're coming for her so she can't take Agnes with her. So she takes a friendship bracelet she had time to make. I believe she's like pulling a thread from her cape or whatever, but okay. And she ties it around her wrist like a Kabbalah bracelet. She's going to freak this kid out. Of course it is. Well, we'll get to the freaking out in a second. And then she like goes out and put her hands on top of her head. So they arrest her. Well, and then so the wife was there yeah and the martha said she was sleeping but homegirl got under her wife dressed like lickety splitsies and god bless because it takes a lot of us a lot of time <sighs> and to i wake cannot up. remember her name but it's the actress who plays sarah on transparent who is like the worst character but one of my favorite performances on that show that's accurate for almost everyone on that show like they're the worst people and i can't stop watching she comes down and she's like yeah quit bothering us crazy yeah. And so the guardians are like taking her out. And then June asks what she like, meaning Hagnes. Well, wait, I don't want to gloss over stuff that happened in that scene is like she's like she had nightmares. So it's just like she is underscoring the real psychological impact that seeing your mom, not seeing your mom, seeing your mom. How did they find out that they took her to the summer house or did they give them permission to do that? I don't think that they did. I'm sure that. You know, little kids can't keep their mouth shut. That's true. They were like, like, also, how is that Martha not fucking fired? Exactly. No consequences in Gilead. I bet you anything they're like, hey, sweetie, what'd you do today? She's like, oh, I don't know. Just saw my real mom, question mark. Anyway, can I have a fruit cup? (laughs) And then (laughs) proceeded to be, we we don't have time for that bit. (laughs) Uh, Proceeded to be traumatized for the rest of the time. So anyway, sorry, back to where you were talking yeah, about. So then June is like what she like. And oh my God, God bless you, Elizabeth Moss. Oh. Your face is the one true face. Lord. Like if only, like if we had to choose one face, <laughs> one small unbuttered face <laughs> to, <laughs> to yeah. represent earth, I would choose hers in a heartbeat because just the, she just is like so happy to hear, you know, because for whatever reason, this wife has decided to indulge this lunatic. I know. Who broke into her house to steal her child. And she's like, you know what? This would be great for mom's group. Yeah, absolutely. Let's have a little, you know, you know little lady to lady. So not that I didn't like this scene. I, I did really scene, like this but scene. But again, it makes no fucking I sense. I know. And especially because like these brutal ass guardians are waiting outside like, wait, sorry. What are, are we? What is... Hey, hey, hang on, guys. They're having mom's group. Oh, sorry. Blessed day, mom's group. Blessed day, mommy and me swim group. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're bringing the rosé and they must be having an extended conversation. Okay, well, we'll just wait here, gang. 
Um, Have your cattle prods ready, everybody. But it was just, it was a heartbreaking exchange. It's also weird that they're like, she's a good cook. It's like, bitch, she's five. (laughs) I think she's eight now. Okay. I mean, regardless. Still. Look, have you ever watched Kids Baking Championship? No, I have not. Some of those tiny bitches can fucking slay in the kitchen. All right. Well, shout out to the tiny bitches. Also, what else does she have to do? Hmm. Color. She's good at sewing, or no, she likes sewing, but she's not good at Very it. Very cute. Yeah. This was a cute exchange, and I, it, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit when Emos was talking to Aunt Lydia last season about being Hickle's uh, godmother. It's just like, <laughs> if you have to be with this person, I am glad that they are trying. And when she says, I appreciate the home you've made for her, yeah, that broke my heart. <laughs> it would have broken my heart, and I think this is like the disparity between our like rating of the episode, but I'm just like, if June's not in mortal danger constantly, why are we watching this? Truly. If if these moms can like peaceably coexist and have this conversation, why has June been forcibly separated from her child? And once again, this is the detriment of having the show be more than one season. Mm-hmm. You know, season one, they the thing that surprised us. Remember when in season one, the thing that surprised us was that the handmaids were talking to each other a yes. lot. And we're like, oh, no. And of course, that has to happen storytelling yeah. wise. But at this point, fucking everybody's on a goddamn group chat. Basically. And everyone's back talking. And it's just because this world cannot be sustained for long with those rules. Because it's it'd just be hard to watch and hard to storytell. Mm-hmm. So once again, let's revive the hashtag. Hashtag three seasons and no more for the love of God. For the love of God. While we're at it, make Gilead strict again. I just I just couldn't invest in anything. Yeah. And there's a point later on where, you know, Nick says to offer like, oh, you're going to die here. And she's like, don't you think I know that? And I'm like, I've read the book and she gets out. Like well, she gets out to some degree. And I mean, it's just like, we'll see. Testaments is coming out. I, Maybe Margaret Atwood is like, JK, she goes right back in there. <laughs> So who knows? But yeah. I, I made Gilead so strict again. Truly. I've negated the entire series with this new book. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm a devil. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so the next scene is inside the Waterford's house. They're back again. Lord, this girl, they need to put a bell on her. She escapes left, right, and center. <laughs> like, she, no, and it's like she's coming back and she's got, you know, her like off-red scowl on her face. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. You could have not been here ever again. Yeah. You could have completely escaped. This is your fault. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I am running out of sympathy for you. What are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once again, the thing I kept screaming internally every time Serena Joy spoke, I was like, lie. Lie. Why aren't you lying? Just lie. Just lie. She's got a plant hangover. Cut her yeah. some slack. <laughs> She was out there a digging with her remaining fingers. <laughs> you know, she lost her pinky. She lost her baby. She's had a hard day. It's true. It's true. So I, I know, and you pointed this out too when we were watching. It's like, you're supposed to get that Serena Joy is cracked. Oh, yeah. She's completely. Like, and Yvonne's performance oh. is transcendent. Honestly, I will give this episode a five in terms of being molly sanchez fan service this was like "Mm, how are we gonna make molly sanchez fall even more in love with yvonne strahovski truly because you know i love the episodes where they're friends oh absolutely i love this truly was yvonne strahovski fan service for me because a she was brutal which i love i adore when she's physically brutal Mm -hmm. in this show b 
she was soft. I love when she's soft. See, she was friends with Alfred. I love when she's friends with Alfred. Like, fuck me up. Well, and I like this too because it was like they were friends, but like Alfred was taking the lead. We've not seen that dynamic with them so much where like Alfred's the one kind of setting the terms. I mm-hmm. mean, for obvious reasons, but it's just yeah. like Alfred is in the, in certain ways, like she's like giving Serena like maybe a little too much slack uh, in the face of a huge conflagration. But it's like, literally, Alfred, like, they're much more on equal footing than they were. Truly. And Alfred opens this scene where, you know, Joseph finds is like, who put your name in the goblet? Like, he's like very. <laughs> he's, Harry Potter. He starts the scene like very like mad and yelling at her and asking her where the kid is. And Alfred just ignores him and yells to Serena. Mm-hmm. It's OK, Serena. I got her out. Mm hmm. And but it's just Serena, like, dude. Serena's pissed. Serena is pissed. Serena's pissed because Alfred gave her baby to off Joseph, a known murderer. Might as well give it to a dango. <laughs> yeah, so they have that. We're love- going to get so much shit from our Australian oh, fans. They love it. <laughs> they love it. You can't it. see it, but Molly's miming, rubbing your faces and yeah. her horrible Aussie accents. By the way, if you like good and bad Aussie accents you should watch uh back with the X on Netflix it's a Netflix Australia reality show it's very good and you get to hear people say trash reality lines in an Australian accent you mean back with the X back with the X it's like basically like I want Lauren to trust me again but uh, she broke my heart in Sydney it's great where was I so we have this exchange where Alfred and Serena have a full literal face off where they're just inches from each other oh they're like like serena rushes her yeah like a fred linebacker is, fred's like i'm here as well look at me when i talked and everybody's like you're not in this fred and they get so intense and i love the back and forth just power exchange that happens in this because serena is scary and when she is physically scary she's so scary because she's so much taller than her mm-hmm. let us not forget also all the times that she has Bitch slapped everyone. She hauled off and fucking slapped Bruegel. She hit Offred that time. Like, damn, she is vicious. Oh, and she then- absolutely would have been playing lacrosse with Regina George at the end of Mean Girls. Oh my god. Yeah. Could have so much own. aggression. Absolutely. And, and they have this exchange where, like you said, Ivan Strahovski is like, how could you give my daughter to this murderer? Because she knows that. Uh, off Glen killed I'm not sure that she knows about Aunt Lydia yet bitch why would she say she was a murderer who else did she kill she ran over that guardian with a car oops yeah the inciting murder Uh, wow there's like so many murders on this show it's just like honestly yeah but like also everybody's like such good friends Wow, I had forgotten about that. You're absolutely Not right. Not since Oz have so many murderers <laughs> lived peaceably amongst one another. And so Elizabeth Moss says like, oh yeah, you guys took my baby from me. Oh, and that's great because she says, you tracked me down. You chased me with dogs. You dragged my daughter away. My daughter was screaming for Ooh. her mother. I hope this feels just like that. Boom. Offred out. Briefly back on your side, June. Yeah. Ever so briefly. That was one of the best lines. Of it was this so scene, good. Of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was an excellent time. And it's time. so and then funny, though, because like, they do that, and then they come right back together yeah, again. Like, I love that. As allies. I'm into it. And it's just like, I don't know. And I wonder if that's part of why it's equal now, is like, they've now both had a child, quote unquote, 
uh, dragged away from them yeah. by Gilead, essentially. A baby for a baby, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The next scene, I believe, is Emily crossing the river with Nicole. Ooh, and she's getting chased by drones. Bruce, finger on the pulse with those drones. <laughs> we see you, Brucey. Oh, man. It was very... I will say this was the most stressful part of the whole show for me. Again, I wanted to be stressed... Well, okay, so two things. Show's still too dark. Uh, every, no, we're not talking about thematically. Yeah, every show is physically too dark. We had the blinds closed. We had the lights off. We were like hunched in front of the screen. We could the- not see what was happening. Because have you been watching what Red Scott's been tweeting about, about like Game of Thrones looks so much better on Blu-ray or like on Amazon yes. or something like and that? And I was and wondering like, about that. I mean, look, it's all, I'm sure, a scam to get more money from us. Because <laughs> as we were saying, like, we're like, we bitch about these shows being so dark, but like we don't stop watching watching never, them like, never yeah at any rate uh prestige cable people mind your business Lighten make it. these shows lighter no because they're showing the flashbacks with hannah in the snow and i'm like could every scene please be in the fucking snow yeah. i can see what's happening yeah so they're so emily's like trying to avoid these drones basically she's at this river she has to like she, did she get sucked under the water yeah. Okay. So she gets the current. Yeah. The kind current of pulls her. her, and she's holding the baby who is crying because mm-hmm. apparently no binkies in Gilead. <laughs> and this was a harrowing part for me. I would have been harrowed, except that I knew that nothing was going to happen this episode. <laughs> like I just knew, like, well, a, like, there's never any consequences anymore. Period. Mm-hmm. But I mean, also, like, it's the first episode. Also, this show's not going to kill a baby. Like, honestly, I would respect it a lot more if it would <laughs> lowercase m mother exclamation point up on this bitch. But they're clearly not going to go there. Oh, God. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. Listen, I didn't like it, but not for the reasons that everybody else didn't like That's it. Fair. Because I'm dark and alternative. <laughs> so there was this moment right before the baby cries. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because I just I buy it. Which and- is look, they wanted you to. I didn't buy it. And I think you're supposed to be afraid to that the police come and get her until they mention that they're Canadian. I was not afraid of that at all. Okay, I was. I mean, again, <laughs> it's just sort of like, I don't know that it's good or bad. It's just like very like economy of story. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing interesting for them to explore with Emily and Gilead at this point. Fair. The whole point of her getting in that van was to get to Canada. Yeah. And, you know, that's been the expectation. I don't know if it comes from, like, interviews that people have given or what. But, like, that's what she's there for. She's there so that we get another guest appearance from Clay Duvall. Mm. She's there so we can see her interacting with Moira and Luke and all this stuff. So That's fair. But I was very relieved and excited. Alexis Bledel continues to serve an absolutely gut-wrenching performance because when they because they're basically there's you know they're going through like the asylum seeker like script they're like hey if you return to your home country will you be persecuted because you're a woman if you return to your home country you know will you be some other stuff I don't know I was watching her face so she's like yeah 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 so like they're covering her in those like aluminum foil blankets and she's just like because, I mean, if you think about Emily and everything she's been through, being anywhere where somebody's not trying to kill, maim, rape, uh, what else? Yell Torture. At. Yeah. Just like, it's got to be like a huge shock. Yeah. But such a nice relief. 
So the next scene is in the Waterfords. Now, I think we are meant to pay attention to how much of Yvonne Strahovski we see in mirrors this episode because Ooh, almost every scene. You're always we- so good at this. Thanks. I have sex with a film major just like <laughs> via osmosis. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, thank you. So uh, she's almost every scene we've seen her lately, she is reflected in something, whether it's in the pane of the window or in this case, it's the mirror. And she has a three-sided mirror. So we see her in one side, we see her in another side. And this is similar. We saw this kind of framing of her in the episode last season where she's at the hotel in mm-hmm. Canada. Yep. And it's sort of, I think what we're trying, obviously what it's trying to be is like the fragmentation of Serena Joy. It's like she is on the surface, this person that's very much part of the regime, but not very far underneath anymore at all. She is this cracked, almost, I mean, genuinely rebellious person. So duality. I think of it too as sort of the road not taken for her. Oh, very cool. Um, You know, had she not tried to convince the commanders to let women read mm-hmm. had she not you know allowed herself to humanize june like right. all of these things like things could Whoa. be going a lot better for her it. she could still have her baby yes. on the other hand she could have just not done this whole gilead thing period it's it's hard to say like it's very very hard to say i think particularly with fundamentalist women sure um Anyway, I think I think they do a beautiful job with her in this episode, mm-hmm. um, which makes it all the more horrible that while she was doing this scene, all I could think was, I get chopped off, but I grow back again. You ain't never going to keep me down. And that's ridiculous. Unless she has starfish blood in her veins. Um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> because he has a uh, mandated quota of at least two creepy things per episode, Joseph Fiennes leans over her and he says, God has made me a master of an incredible woman. And I Ew. I completely missed that and Ugh. I'm not sorry. I would much rather hear you impersonating Shakespeare in love than I would uh. uh What does he mean? What does he mean? No, he hasn't. She gave your baby away, you fucking dumbass. Well, this is so interesting. The like cognitive dissonance that uh the commander is showing in this episode because he keeps bending over backwards to exonerate Serena Joy and I don't understand I mean I guess because he has something to lose too he has something to lose and I think when I was in theater school we'd always talk about what's the most dramatic choice he still loves her Mm. he is still balls to the wall Mm. in love with her he is frustrated and perplexed by you know the unpleasantness Mm -hmm. but he believes God has a plan yeah. You know, like it's he reminds me of that one meme that's the guy's face and he's like, "Oh no, baby, what is you doing?" <laughs> like every time she does something, he's like, "Oh no, why?" No, but then he keeps doing the stupid I shit. Know. He's like, "Well, you know what? Everything seems under control here. I'm going to go to the office. See ya. You want me to get you anything? I'll leave the door unlocked. Bye." <laughs> And hey, she- uh, I left money on the table to order pizza. Yeah, or I don't know, escape to Canada, whatever you want. Be no, and it's like uh, I would have I, left and her like alone. Nick is still there, and I guess that's fine. That's all fine. And we, I think we skipped over the scene where like Alfred 
walks away <laughs> we did sorry. where well because we kind of talked about it before but so like this is in the the confrontation with her and serena and she walks away and nick says the most important thing <laughs> do you know how many people risk their lives to help you escape there's not going to be another chance oh we laughed we laughed aloud we laughed we were like she gets infinite chances you dipshit and I mean, look, it's already crazy because it's like up is down, black is white, Nick's in charge. <laughs> Why is that happening? Very silly. And again, Commander Waterford at no point has even apparently the slightest inkling that Nick could have been in any way involved. It's Or insane. Rita, but like biggest complaint of this episode. <laughs> Barely any Bruegel. Yeah. Nary a Bruegel. Nary a I mean, Bruegel. there's a little bit of her, but I'm just like, I really wanted to see her haul off and slap June. Yeah. I also said in that scene with Nick, I was like, I never think it's okay for a man to hit a woman. If Nick hit June in this scene, I would be on his side because holy flirking schnit. Like, are you joking? How dare you? Are you kidding me? It is banana sandwich. The lack of consequences. She looked a gift escape in the mouth and said, I'm, I'm going to hold out for the next one. I'm good. I'll get. I'll catch the next one. Yeah, I'll get the next one. Don't worry about it. Lord. God, you think Bart runs irregularly on Sunday, <laughs> escaping from Gilead? <laughs> <laughs> Holiday schedule, baby. So back to the scene we were initially discussing. I wrote in all caps, action, Serena, fuck shit. Up. Oh, my God. And I love this scene. Okay. Also, this is perhaps crass. I love her little like fingerless glove bandage. I think it is so cute. I absolutely adore it. She's serving me Madonna realness. It is really cute. Oh my God. And like it's a fingerless glove in every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, real fingerless. That's so funny. Um, so yeah, so she gets that glint in her eyes and we know shit's about to go down. So you thought. I thought she was going to drink poison. I yeah. thought she was like dressing herself up. Yeah. To do a whole like Sleeping Beauty thing. I thought she was going to. Yeah, basically. Yes. Um, I kind of thought I, I wrote down a couple of things, each sillier than the last. Uh, I wrote, is she pouring out the meds to kind of like keep this wound open in defiance? And then my second thought was is, that her meds. Yeah, it's oh, like the alcohol, okay, like the, anti the rubbing alcohol. Okay. I mean, um, I'm sure there's more than that in there. I don't know. Sure. So I and but then my second thing was like, oh, she's gonna burn some. But I didn't know what. I did like this was a clever shot where they show her pouring it. We can't see what she's pouring yes. it on, and then it cuts to the sink where Alfred is yes. washing her face. Yeah, it was like, all right, clever, clever, clever. Very good. Um, so Alfred walks into the hallway, and there's so much like a little patina of smoke mm-hmm. coming down the hall and she's like oh god serena joy's doing vape tricks again <laughs> <laughs> just the th- please somebody make me a picture of serena joy vaping because it is like very funny to she me. really ought to get a vape pen because like yeah aunt lydia would be pissed still but she'd be like okay well at least you have a jewel <laughs> also it's such an obnoxious amount of smoke every time i can just picture her being like yeah what about it she's just smells like, like cherries she's just like serving like some caterpillar in alice in wonderland realness every fucking day and everybody's just like again <laughs> oh boy uh so she goes in and serena joy is pulled a full m&m slash rihanna and set the bed on fire um, I'm friends with a monster. <laughs> under my bed. Weirdly, 
enough, that was not what I was thinking. You were thinking the, the other one. I love the way you lie. Yes, yes. Look, they collaborated twice for some reason. Wow. God bless. And she's burning the bed. Now, did you think, like I thought, that she was going to be burning the nursery? I did, definitely. I thought she was pouring it into the bassinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was clever. This was great. I liked mm-hmm. this. However, Molly, are you familiar with fire? Uh, yes. Have you ever stood real close to a fire? <laughs> yes. How I- does this bitch still have her eyebrows? Yeah. Because this thing, it was raging. And June just opens the door like she never saw backdraft. Uh. Okay. She just like opens the fucking door. <laughs> and like, I know that they like slowed time down for dramatic purposes, mm-hmm. but it like took too long to get Serena out of there with this fresh injection of oxygen, which like yeah. feeds a fire. Yeah, um, that's like the whole point of it. Yeah. So they have this like very dreamlike sequence where June is just like holding out and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful shot that makes no sense. Well, I also I was kind of thinking because I'm still like always giving them the benefit of the doubt that the show's going to get brutal at some point. You are a real Fred Waterford I with this show. I truly am. I truly, <laughs> truly am. Because I was like, oh, fuck. Is she going to pull a thing where she like squeezes her hand and then she's like, peace, and jumps onto the fire bed, which I logically knew she couldn't because we've yeah. seen those set pictures of her mm-hmm. in different scenes. Or I thought she was going to like drag off right into the fire or what. But they left because uh, no consequences in Gilead. Yeah. And they just like, they're just like, oh, hey, Rita, uh, house is on fire. Let's go. Let's hey, go. Come oh, on. Nick. Hey, Nick, we're going to we're going to go. We're going to be in the back. OK. <laughs> and they just. They just, they mosey just out. go outside. And Alfred stands there for like an hour playing with the smoke. <laughs> like, no, and like they just all stand out in front of the gate watching the house burn. And I'm like, okay, two things. Number mm-hmm. one, there was just another house fire the night before. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, is Gilead Colombo going to come calling? No. <laughs> like we see no fire people. No one cares. No po- I don't know why I'm saying fire people as if there's any women. <gasps> <gasps> That is so funny. Um, <laughs> that is so I dumb. I feel like they're not even called like firemen. They're like plague quelchers. Um, <laughs> no, actually, we kept this along with 911. This is uh, some things you don't mess with. Well, we'd have to change all the calendars. We have everything made up. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no women around, but we still have sexy firemen calendars for posterity. <laughs> okay. By the way, the one of the most blasphemously very crass and funny tweets i saw read the notre dame fire <laughs> i can't remember who i think it was sarah benicasa who was like wow i literally can't think of anything hotter than a french fireman <laughs> like damn you are right <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay so that's all fine apparently so oh god no it's not because you know what fucking happens what fucking happens the worst music cue oh in- no Mom- what i had banished it from my brain i will not let anyone forget the poor poor music choice on this show would you go so far as to say don't you oh fucking a forget about me remember in season one when for the most part all this like pop music cues were like ah ha ha how droll and they really were like oh you think that's droll what about this so they play they've clearly been getting high on their own supply yeah their own air supply oh god (laughs) so they play the boomtown rat song i don't like mondays and you gave me some really interesting insight that i researched about a uh shooting at 
the Cleveland High School in San Diego, California. Yeah, it happened a, in 1979. It's actually, I'm gonna. Fact, oh, good. Did you look into yeah. it further? Because I yeah. did not so write anything. It says down. it's like a playground adjacent to like an elementary school shooting. So okay. no kids were killed. Two teachers were killed, unfortunately. Okay. And it was a 16 year old girl who did it. And uh, good for her. When the authorities like asked her, like, "Hey, why did you do this? Do you have any remorse?" And she's like, "Nah, I just what can I say? I don't like Mondays." They're like, "Damn!" Listen, so, equality is the freedom to be terrible. Yes, true. And she's crushing it. <laughs> Lord. Uh, so I guess thematically, that's kind of interesting because it's like you know, with the history behind that song, it's like someone who just like doesn't give a fuck anymore and is ready to burn shit down. But also. Such a dumb music cue. Such a dumb music cue. So also, stupid. controversially, I really don't think that any song that has a day of the week in it should be played on a day that isn't that day of the week. How do you know that it's not a Monday? I don't know, but they didn't specify, so I'm pissed. You're such a weirdo. I uh, love no, you. I don't want to hear Manic Monday on a Wednesday. I don't want to hear Friday I'm in Love on a Tuesday. Oh, All right. N- nothing like hearing Only play song. pop songs with a name in the title on the day. Oh, Lord. Anakin out. You're on your own, Molly. <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, so the next scene takes place in a Canadian hospital with Rory and the baby. And everybody's kind of Googling at her because uh, she's a, a new refugee. The only thing I think is super notable about this scene is she's very pointedly under a sign that says hand clinic. Right? I don't know what that means. I was like, is it named after like Robert F. Hand or <laughs> Dr. Robert F. Hand? Or is it like a hand? Like, oh, could Serena be getting better medical care in Canada? About, or Where's like, Justin Trudeau? Yeah. There are so many hand related injuries that they have to have a whole wing. <laughs> I'm sure Canadians are going to be like, you guys are so dumb. We That's what we call the, I don't know, the, the gastroenterologist <laughs> section. I don't know. Ironically, that's what we call podiatrists in Canada. I don't know. So, but a, if anybody knows what that means, let me know. A doctor comes to meet Emily out in the hallway, which seems weird. And this reminded me a lot of Room, yes. the book and the movie, which are both excellent. But basically, the, you know, whoever this doctor is, is like, hey. And, you know, she's like trying to be very respectful and maintain a distance from Emily so that she doesn't spook oh. her. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, okay, like the first thing that we need to do is that make sure that you and this baby are healthy mm-hmm. and they're like hey we'll take the baby and she's like mm, i'm gonna hold on to this baby yeah, yeah i would yeah so we're like okay and emily's very dirty yeah that's about what you get from that scene yeah basically yeah. hand clinic dirty emily <laughs> <laughs> the next scene is at whatever like bureaucratic office where they you know file through the refugees it's the mail like, it's whatever their mail is. Okay. So, Luke comes in. I Ugh. screamed so I loud know. that Molly followed up my screaming <laughs> with, we're okay! Because <laughs> you have neighbors under underneath you, and I don't Molly, want them... nobody cares about anybody else. Well, I don't want them. Kitty Genovese. Oh, my God. Anyway, so Luke comes in. We like to die. Moira comes in and tries to like sweet talk the lady at the desk with like mm, Mondays, right? Well, and she's like, I work in a, you know, I work at the office on this side of the town. And the lady is like, yeah, I do not care. Basically, that's what I do every time I go to Trader Joe's because I worked at Trader Joe's for six months. So I'm like, oh, man, we never had this at the Hyde store. Am I right? And I try to use like all of my lingo and they're all like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Let's get it yeah. moving. He gets a package which has 
bum ba bum the little Polaroid of Hagnes that was in Nicole's swaddling clothes that June snuck in there. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what Polaroid I thought it was. Oh. How did he get that? Like, how did they get... I the- think she wrote, like, give this to Luke Bancol okay. on it. Okay. Because she had a hell of a time between sneaking out of the house. That's when she made that bracelet. <laughs> Good lord. So... And then he turns around and ba-ba-ba-ba, it's Rory. Like, I'm just saying, like, Rory could have just held on to that. Yeah, that How seems survive like... survive the river? That's a great question. It did look pretty busted, yeah. but, like, also... Okay, Polaroids like, are like cockroaches. Like, they'll just, they're just going to be there. You cockroaches, Twinkies, and Polaroids. Truly, you cannot rip a Polaroid. I've tried. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Emily shows up and she's like, hey, um... You want this baby? So I have a baby. It's not mine and it's not yours. So. <laughs> but I have it. So like possession is nine tenths the law. Yeah. So here's yep. uh, a baby. But like I'm. I'm excited. Whew, to so see. excited to see official boyfriend of the pod. OT5 mm. Ben Knight. Honestly, because there's no consequences in Gilead. I would be 110% fine with spending most of this season in Canada. Sure. 100%. I am much more interested in seeing the day to day in little America. What's up to, you know? Did she get more Fruit Loops? I can't think of a character I care less about than Shh. And that's including Bran from Game of Thrones, who I wish would just die. I fucking hate Bran. God, every time they're like, hey, here's a Bran storyline. I'm like, wow, I wish I could skip this like I did in every book. But you know what's even crazier is like, I have been doing like one episode from each season, which is way better than an actual rewatch. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Remember when that happened? And like the old brand scenes before he got all fucking into his weird new religion. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is fun. And I hated them at the time, but it's like when he's like hanging out with like Joe Jen Reed and shit, oh. I'm like, it, yeah, he's practically spunky. Well, I would be very surprised. Yeah. Speaking of spunky, <laughs> the next scene is, is let's see you know how i delineated the scene in my notes i wrote off red feet (laughs) exclamation point yeah so she we kind of glossed over the scene outside the waterfords where fred has apparently come home (sighs) and decided not to press charges again still trust nick he's like nick buddy uh way to hold down the fort while i'm gone nick thanks so much for getting everyone (laughs) out of the house while my wife burned it question mark (laughs) LOL, let's so, get ice cream. June's just been sitting there, like, wrapped in a blanket. And, like, Nick's like, hey, take care. And she's like, you too. And I'm like, fuck both of y'all. This is no time to flirt. Anyway, I don't even know. Uh, whatever. So she goes, you know, there's not even an aunt there to, like, bring her into the van from the Rachel and Leah Center. She just wanders in by herself. She basically sits shotgun going <laughs> to the Rachel. It's so ridiculous. And then when she's there, you're like, oh, no. Because, again, I, like, get set up to get knocked down every single time. I was like, uh-oh. All the all the handmaids are in front of her. Are they going to, like, torture them in front of her again? No, of course not. No. So they are like, oh, you have to be punished. And they cut away. And all they do is beat her feet bloody again, which we yeah. already saw. They've been done that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. All right. Cool. Nice yeah. try. Not shocked. So she's, like, scrubbing the floor with her bloody feet and then the ants deliberately walk a bunch of handmaids over her newly cleaned floor and it's like 
as far as psychological torture goes, this is very low hanging fruit, Aunt. Like, bring it back, Aunt Lydia, because y'all are playing. So, anyway, despite this, you know, some other random handmaid comes over and I wrote swaps her, out the buckets. Oh, her name is Off Script. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, 10 points to Slytherin. Oh, man. Whew. Ha! <sighs> that was great. And this girl says that, hey, don't worry, Nicole and Emily made it out of Gilead. Which Yay. I was disappointed by because I wanted her to be like, hey, uh, June, uh, <laughs> quick question. Uh, what the fuck? What the fuck, dude? Like, how dare you? Yeah. What? Like, you were going to leave and you fucking came back? Okay. Off script. Please come with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was, I was also... I was just like, nobody is as mad at her as they should be. No! Because they have to have a whole 13-episode season where nothing bad enough happens. Here's the thing, gang. Early prediction, I hope she dies (laughs) this season. (laughs) No, I mean, God, I just don't have any sympathy left for her. I hope this this season and show ends with her time. This is so mean of me to say, but... like you're a cancer, I am shook. Yeah, that you're saying that. I guess it's just I'm just fatigued with nothing having consequences anymore. And don't don't get me wrong, I'm not like beat the woman, beat the. <laughs> no, that's woman. really more of a me thing. I'm not like excited to see people get hurt on TV. I just I miss the urgency. Yeah, and there is no one. urgency. Like to me, I'm like I don't like. She has to just get out of Gilead. Yeah, like. I don't want the show to go any longer than three seasons. Me neither. And we don't know because we're recording this over a month out from the actual Lord. premiere date. So they'll probably announce it like right afterwards. Jeez. You, well, you know, that's how they do I it. Know. Like they I drop know. the first couple and then they're like, oh, great. We're having another season. Yeah. Um, and we rage at the <laughs> dying of the light. Yeah. Yeah. What's oh, the next? Oh, so they inform her of her next posting to um, which I wrote. Oh, cool. This is only your 47th second chance. <laughs> um, two things I loved at the Rachel and Leah Center. One, they have a ghost light like in the theater <laughs> where you leave on mm-hmm. like a naked light bulb in case the ghosts are around. It's like just, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any theater you go to, if you're in there like after hours, like you'll have a light on for the ghosts. That's nice. It is nice. Well, you know, you don't want fucking around with your show. No, no, no. And then I love her suitcase so hard i want it it was very like kate spadey yeah. kind of like lovely apple red Look, suitcase. i mean it's like talk shit on gilead all you want and we do mm-hmm. they have got some cute looks mm. those boots still want them <laughs> still want a pair so it's like hey and crabtree if you ever like put any of those boots in a size seven on ebay mm-hmm. uh yeah. Get at me. Ann Crabtree's, so, uh, I believe this is like my second shout out to this, but Ann Crabtree's Instagram is very good. She's got cute dogs. She's got cute family. She takes good pictures. Follow Ann Crabtree, who's the costume designer for the show, if you didn't know that. So they tell her about her next posting. Now, again, because I'm a fucking sucker, when she was there, I was like, ooh, is this when Chris Maloney comes in, girl? I thought that, but then I was like, I feel like they announced him and Elizabeth Reeser like right. late enough into production in the same way that like when they announced Whitford, like that's why Whitford Watch lasted so <laughs> long because he didn't come in until like the last mm-hmm. two episodes. I was pretty sure it was going to be Whitford though. Yeah. And it sure was. <laughs> oh, Fun Dad Commanders uh, lives to Fun Dad another day. His scarf game is on point toy yeah he looks great (laughs) yeah so say what you said about fun dad commander 
well, she comes in and he walks in. He's like, oh, I'm the only commander who doesn't fuck happy hours of 5 p.m. <laughs> like, it's like, listen, this is just like fucking, you know, the island of misfit toys. Everything's going to be great. He asks her, you're not going to be any trouble, are you? And I forget what she said because my eyes rolled back in my head she so says, hard. No, sir. But I was I was similarly blocked out because I was waiting for like, what fucking dumbass, smartass response did Bruce Miller write for her? It's going to be like, fucking be the fruit motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that. Our uh, fucker who fucks in heaven. <laughs> hallowed be the fuck. Wow. <laughs> On this, the Lord's Day, you just said our fucker who fucks in heaven. God. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I misrepresent the dialogue from this show? <laughs> no. No, you didn't. So yeah, so we know shit's about to get interesting because she's at that posting now. And as we know, that posting is like a fun time <laughs> and like a, a potential for another escape, though. I don't know how this motherfucker's going to uh, explain. You like the Eurythmics or? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, no, they don't like the Eurythmics. You know who they like? Who do they like, Molly? Greg Street and or the Nappy Roots because uh, that their song plays and uh, it is just another music cue that I'm like, Lord, preserve me. I will give me. them half credit because it sounds like they were like, oh, you know what happened at some point? Hip hop. Yeah. We should... Um we should play some. Yeah, they play Good Good Day by Greg Street. Um, and it is a song I really like um, because it's great because it goes, ain't nobody going to cry today because ain't nobody going to die today because Gilead is a soft slumber party, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I guess whatever fits. So no one told your life was going to be this way. Gilead's bad. You're sad. They took your kid away. <laughs> Looks like you're always stuck at the water ferns. <laughs> when the Marthas are mean and all the commanders are turds, but <laughs> Gilead is hard, but not really fuckers. Gilead is hard. They hit your feet a little. <laughs> Anyway, so that concludes season three, episode one, yeah. and the first episode of our third season. Oh my gosh, it's crazy that we've been doing this for three years. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I I think episode two is going to be a good time. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. Like, right. I just, I feel like to a certain degree, that first episode of every new season is just such a slog for everybody. Yeah. I don't have any faith that they're not going to keep doing all the <laughs> annoying things that they do that annoy us, but... Yeah. Uh, I just love Elizabeth Moss's face. Me Ooh, too. And OT. Oh, love Ooh. it. All right. So that's the end of the show. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your girlfriends. And Nolite Tepastardes Carborundorum. Friends again. Friends again.